0: Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. We are joined today by Dr. Priya Joshi, Chief Health Informatics Officer at the San Francisco VA Medical Center for a discussion on how Veterans Affairs is developing clinical standards for adopting new technologies from the private sector into its healthcare practice. Much of America's healthcare modernization has been driven by the adoption of new technologies that more effectively deliver patient care while also supporting forward-looking medical research initiatives. Dr. Joshi's office is leading the effort at VA to develop standards for evaluating and implementing new capacities, ranging from artificial intelligence to wearable devices, allowing them to deliver a higher quality of care to veterans nationwide. Priya, welcome to the program. Thank you.
1: Uh, Happy to be here.
0: It's really great to have you. Uh, So I want to start out with kind of an intro question about yourself. And I'm curious, can you tell us a bit about your career and your research interests and what brought you to your current role at VA?
1: Yeah, I'm the chief health informaticist at the San Francisco VA. I am also an internal medicine doctor who does a mix of inpatient and outpatient care. I started the VA uh, three, four years ago and knew that I cared deeply about improving health outcomes at scale. And when I started my career, I was doing purely clinical care. As I got more into my day-to-day life of providing care, I just kept on having that nagging question. Am I doing this well? Am I doing this meaningfully? What is the cumulative impact that I can create for people? And I, as much as I loved individual uh, interactions with, with patients, I realized I really needed to know on a larger scale how we can create impact how we can nudge systems. So I started learning a little bit more about data. I worked for a couple of health tech companies. And as I did the combination of those two things, built a lot of skills in informatics to specifically find where we miss care for populations and use technology either through data for insight or software for outcomes to improve patient outcomes.
0: Yeah, definitely. It sounds like, you know, as our application of health IT and current technologies continues to advance, there is, as you mentioned, a very serious potential on a macrocosmic level to improve healthcare more broadly through, as you said, refining these kind of standards. And it sounds like that's a real emphasis of your work at the VA's San Francisco Medical Center and what you've been up to lately there. And centering on this one uh, and, you know, where you're at right now, what are some of the major innovation programs currently underway at the San Francisco VA Medical Center where you work right now?
1: yeah, I think in broad strokes, um, noting that I've done this, I've been doing this specific role for four months. So in in these in these last four months, I have I work closely with the National Innovation ecosystem and I've felt very strongly that we need to improve how our, veterans are represented digitally and specifically you know you're one person when you go to the San Francisco VA you're still that same person when you go to the Palo Alto VA or Sanford or UCSF and yet our electronic health records our larger systems split people up into where they get care as opposed to who they are and so to make that process more seamless and and and, and there are many many people who are working in this in this field on this topic. We are working with companies to help automate taking PDFs and breaking them apart into text and pushing them in the right places in the electronic health record. My colleague Blake Anderson is, is leading that effort with Amanda Purnell. We are working with companies that can send nudges to folks at, after visits and to ensure that the follow-up care is seamless and that a clinician doesn't have to put 15 orders in to help get a follow-up call to a patient. We are currently working to see if we can get claims data from other, uh, from other uh, care facilities to stitch in with veterans data so that when we're looking at, hey, are we getting good of care for congestive heart failure, can we, uh, we know actually if someone is rehospitalized at a place where the VA isn't paying for their care. So in synthesis, we're working on piloting a bunch of projects that really aim at how can we make sure we comprehensively understand veteran care as people go to a variety of healthcare facilities, particularly with the Mission Act, and make sure that we create and maintain a high standard of care
0: yeah absolutely. And it sounds like that kind of data integration, as you mentioned, is just essential. that continuity of data, but also the sharing of data, as you'd mentioned, you know for for claims and things like that. We're actually fortunate enough to have had Dr. Purnell on this program and kind of hear that He's work amazing. there. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's incredibly sharp, so it's it's really cool to hear this side of things too, and to kind of get down to what you've been focusing on and specializing. Uh, As some, I guess, a layman's understanding, what are clinical standards and what role do they take in guiding medical care and the adoption of of technology and devices from private industry?
1: Yeah, so for every project I just mentioned, we've screened hundreds of others. And we work with people who have starting, who are starting out just with a startup and an idea to people who have plug and play ready uh, software tools. And there's been this tension of when you're bringing new innovation to the EPA, which we absolutely should do more and more and more. We want to make sure that we're practical about what we can start with. We're not going to start with the end state. We're going to start with a small pilot and also what we can actually achieve. Now there's this impetus to say let's start with absolutely the minimum necessary and somehow providers are never included in that minimum. It's always yeah, I know it's more ideal if it's seamless, but you know, person X can, clinician X can type this in manually if need be. They can open up another window in their electronic health record at, sorry in their internet browser tab and look at this data separately. And the assumption is that the data is so significant that they would break their workflow to add extra administrative load and do that. And I realized you know that that really isn't okay C- clinicians should be part of that minimum viable product and i've just changed it to minimal acceptable product because we need to use standards that actually account for what our clinicians need and what our patients need we might not start with a product still that gets to improving health outcomes reducing readmissions whatever we want it to do but we should at least start with the minimal acceptable product defining what it is acceptable for clinicians to take on, what it is acceptable for the software to do at minimum instead of figuring out what the product needs to do at minimum to function.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like a lot of that, as you would mentioned, requires a lot of really rigorous evaluation of these kinds of products, You know, of their usage, of their application, of their potential, of their outcomes, things like that, which is, again, a very quantitatively intense process. And I'm wondering when you are engaging in these kinds of evaluations, what kind of metrics are you typically used to analyze the efficacy of a new product, especially when it comes to improving treatment and patient outcomes and things like that?
1: Yeah, the, the easiest ones are uh... Are in many ways veteran outcomes uh, because we already have so many programs to monitor that quality. So I think the the first thing that I do is, is take the value statement of what a company is doing and say, okay, what clinical outcome, if there is any, is this intended to improve? Let's say the outcome is heart failure. Does this actually improve increasing the right medication use? Does it actually improve reducing rehospitalization, so on and so forth? And so we start with that metric and then when you think about not just the value proposition of a product, but also how it's, how it's implemented, then you switch to what are the logistics of using this product? And what are the hopes of using this product? If the product is in the end supposed to save time, then does it save time? Does it increase time? We should measure that. If the product is supposed to make care more seamless, then does it add clicks? Which I often find is the case. You add clicks often even if you're promising more seamless care. And is that okay? Um, I'm not sure. And I don't know that it's the software company's prerogative. I, I think very, very astute companies are out there thinking about these questions exactly and thinking about how to get to these state, uh, to these states. I, I work with many people who I think are very passionate about this, but I think it's the prerogative of the of the provider of the VHA um, to say, these are our standards so that people can live up to them. And if we're not clear about what we want, then we're just as susceptible as anyone else to say, oh, this increases care seamlessness without actually critically considering what that entails.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it sounds like, again, a lot of this is really about just making sure that process itself is streamlined, like you really have kind of a a standard there to make sure that you can integrate technology more quickly and more efficiently and like bring it to its endpoint, which is kind of the macrocosmic improvement of patient care. And I'm wondering, extrapolating from that, is VA, and it sounds like they probably are, is VA developing clinical standards, templates for individual areas of care? Like, for example, I'm imagining oncology would be radically different from like hypertension or diabetes care. Is that, Are you looking at those kind of almost templatizing of standards?
1: Yeah, it's hard to yes and no. So yes, in that um, we are considering in public-private partnership. My colleague uh, Susie Shirley has created this product called Pathfinder that allows an entry point for innovations into the Veterans Health Administration where external vendors are supposed to put in a standardized set of information so that we know basic content about what they do, what they're bringing to the table. And that allows us an opportunity to at least start with these are the minimum information that we need to know uh, before we partner. I think the, the getting to individual disease states, making templates for that is a little bit more challenging because there are nuances in how hypertension care is is performed. And so I often feel that, though I do think that is a reasonable end state, and I would be happy if anyone would be doing that, right now, I think at the very least, people like clinical informaticists or or clinicians can at least give a guide of, hey, these are reasonable metrics for this product, because there's a lot that you can if you give 10 companies the same paragraph about what they do they would be doing 10 different things and so interpreting how people are describing their company to what a product is doing is just it's a little nuanced it's not necessarily intensive but it just requires someone with the understanding of some of the technical aspects of logistics and some of the clinical aspects to just take a look at it and say These are reasonable metrics. And as we do that more and more, I think an end state for certain diseases for sure should be having these are our metrics for this disease and make sure that your software lives up to
0: them. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And again, it sounds like it really ties into that program of essentially bringing this all together and having in a way something that, you know, companies can refer to or you can refer them to very directly And again, really standardizes this entire process. And we've been talking, you know, clearly about, you know, your work in codifying things between, you know. Federal healthcare, what you do at VA and the private sector. I'm also wondering because VA does a lot of intergovernmental work as well, and I'm wondering how much collaboration has VA done with other federal agencies in either adapting or sharing these kinds of proven clinical standards that you've seen to work at VA.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll make a caveat on proven. It's it's mainly that I'm saying that that we need uh, that. There are proving clinical standards in that there's evidence-based care, but when it comes to product design, there's, there's, no, there's no clinical guidance. And so uh, these are just uh, people saying, let's include clinical standards into that product guidance, um, as opposed to uh, knowing that doing so creates a good product at the end. All I can say to that is anecdotally, it seems to be true that if you think about whether your product achieves its end outcomes and whether it actually improves the seamlessness of care, for instance, that you are more likely to get to that end outcome. Um, in terms of intergovernmental uh, work, you know, there are so, so many groups that work on technology. I, I don't know if in this podcast in in, in the time that we have a lot, I can even list all of them at uh, and or account for all of their acronyms correctly. So there is a lot of collaboration uh, that happens between government. One of my favorite ones happens to me with my colleagues, uh, Blake Anderson, uh, Coles and Eddie, Amanda Purnell again, and Angela Gant-Curtis, where you have clinical informaticists from different sites, a uh, the lead of data uh, and analytics uh, for the uh, Office of Healthcare Innovation and Learning, and one major lead for innovation in Um, the Office of Information Technology, working together when any one of us hears a new product and gets excited about it and working collaboratively to say, how can we bring this product life? What else is out there? What should we be considering? And what I really love about this team in particular is we get to keep the process very quick. We triage very quickly after seeing a demo. Hey, does this add value? If not, fine. If yes, who's going to pilot it? And so that is just one of many collaborations that happen because there's a lot of government oversight about how technology is integrated. But the short answer is yes, absolutely. There's there's a lot of collaboration to make this real.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great to hear. And it sounds like it, again, it really is driving things forward, both for you folks, but also because VA is typically, very typically, like a research and scientific leader within government itself. And that's, you know, in one of the small joys of running this podcast, but also seeing the uh, the work you folks put through. And I'm wondering, in terms of the, the payoff, what you've seen so far, how are the development of these clinical standards impacting the adoption and usage of new technology across VA's medical system as a whole? What kind of like payoff have you seen so far?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's a positive uh, a positive and a negative payoff. I think first, the negative has been often uh, Cole Blake and I are jumping into projects after they're 25% in, and so you have a pause point where you have to take a step back and redo work, uh, so that adds a little bit of time. Uh, to align values, and then on the positive end, I'll say uh, for using the example of uh, the the product that that Blake Anderson is developing to parse text and push it into the right place in CPRS, um, oh, alongside Colzanetti, I think what you get is an end state where one or two clicks leads to automating away forty to fifty different clicks, and on top of that, you recognize things that you don't recognize as quickly. So for instance, when you get care documents from outside hospitals, you don't always get a notification that they're there. You're not always looking out for that. You don't know when that patient is scheduled to get their mammogram, for instance. And so parsing when there are urgent findings in a mammogram and getting that pushed to the right place in the record means that clinicians find that faster. Now, most of the things I mentioned are piloting, uh, so I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver, so I'll say, interview me again in, in a year from now, uh, include Blake Anderson, Klausen, Aida, and w- we can talk to you passionately about what it means to have these clinical standards in, in, in reality, but for right now, you can see in the design of the product that the types of conversations, what we're expecting to develop is different, has a different standard, and I am already seeing a lot of traction across the VA about excitement when you really create and adhere to that standard.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And again, I really like how you you, you know talked about bringing folks on a, you know, a year or two to kind of see where things go from here, because the last question I want to ask and really leave things off with is a question about the adoption of, of breaking in future technology, because it's obvious that the work you're doing in clinical standards and informatics is an essentially forward-looking practice you know, not merely meets the technology of today, but anticipates the incorporation of things to come. And, you know, there's a lot of like very, people talk very hypothetically about like machine learning and artificial intelligence, but those capacities are clearly only as good as their implementation. And I'm wondering, you know, going forward, how do you see VA further refining its approach to again healthcare informatics and clinical standards to better adapt these kind of breaking technologies again, like machine learning, augmented reality, AI, things like that?
1: Yeah. I, uh, well, I should mention in, in in overview, I know there's a there's a new, uh, I don't know if committee is the right word, institute, uh, NAII. There's an artificial intelligence group. And for those who listen to this, who know that it's more than that, I'm sorry, I'm just forgetting the right words. But NAII is an organization that is uh, dedicated to think through how we utilize artificial intelligence in a manner that can be trusted. I think trusted is the key word here. Not everything needs absolute evidence. Evidence can miss a lot of things in metrics. It's just when we have it, we should hold things to those standards. And when we don't have it, we should just critically ask, what do we want to make sure that veterans get out of something? Um, When it comes to breaking technologies, often you have pilots and trials, but not robust evidence in the clinical sense. And so you just have to be cautious about looking at the value proposition of the company, about looking at literally what the what the code implies it does. And looking at how it's implemented to think through, can this reasonably achieve its end outcome? Does this actually solve where the node of the problem is? And the easiest way to do that is to start with the VA evaluating the problem space and identifying the gaps and then saying, does this technology meet that gap? As opposed to seeing if the technology can be adapted to a gap that's not well-defined.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, it sounds like you're really kind of matching this, this anticipatory approach of like seeing where not just the work needs to be done, but the where the work should be done kind of going yeah. forward in the near future. That's something it sounds like again a really kind of head-on and, and effective way of meeting this. And again, just before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know or understand about the work you're doing with informatics, the VA as a whole, or the work you're doing at the uh, uh medical center in San Francisco specifically?
1: Yeah. The the only thing I'd I'd love for people to hear is. You know, technology is just an intervention. It is as good as, as we hold it accountable for. And as much, as much fun it, as it is for technologists and clinicians like me to dive into the details, dive into the weeds, I think it's important that clinicians who just want their lives to be better Take the leap of faith and jump in and reach out and say, Hey, that sounds interesting. Can I just make sure that I provide some input on it? Or can I be the first to pilot it? Because we always want to make sure, particularly as I get through my career where I'm more administrative right now than clinical, we lose touch with what it is to be a frontline provider. And it is so important to create clinical standards that actually meet clinical needs. And so I always, always encourage people to know that. You'll have an aha moment when you realize technology isn't just what you're given, but something that you can shape. It is malleable. And 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 I hope to solicit more invitations to input on how we design that technology.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be really exciting to see where you go from here. Again, Priya, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming out to the program.
1: Thank you. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to GovCIOmedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at GCIO.com.